The Japan by River Cruise podcast is made possible by the generosity of our sponsors. Starbucks Japan is delighted to announce an extension to our wildly popular Praise Our Customers Language Ability program to all of our customers, irrespective of where they've come from. No longer do you have to speak to us in basic Japanese in order for our staff to praise you when you order. You can now order in any language, and our staff will pretend to be impressed. Bonjour, un café s'il vous plaît. Eh, France, c'est quoi Buongiorno, on a doppio espresso, per favore. Ine. Starbucks Japan. Strong high street presence. Weak coffee. Faint praise. Welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. I'm Bobby Judo. And I'm Ollie Horn. So, on today's show, a legal conflict between a curry shop and a customer who couldn't finish their meal raises the question exactly how many jokes will I make about how Ollie can't understand the idea of not finishing a meal? This counts as the first one. Also, Ollie's got your River Cruise recommendation. Yeah, Ollie? Yes, this risk, this fuck. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was eating. Uh, this river cruise recommendation is very good news for those who hate boats, because this week's recommendation is a cruise that can be completed without the burden of getting on a boat or going on water. The Kanbon Pedestrian Tunnel is in Shimonoseki. It's a 780 meter long pedestrian undersea tunnel that travels between Fukuoka and Yamaguchi's prefectural boundaries. At the end of each tunnel, you can get a commemorative stamp. The first stamp says you've been to the longest pedestrian tunnel in the world. And the other says, what was the point in that then? Plus, a very Japanese compromise has finally been reached between the Sea Forest Waterway, that's the Olympic venue for the rowing and crewing competitions, and the river cruise company that owns operation rights on that waterway. Per the terms of the agreement, the company has agreed to suspend their river cruises for the duration of the events, but in return, the company's board of executives and all of their elite premium river cruise pass holders will be allowed to compete in the Olympics. But first, Soap Talk. Bobby Judah, how's your week been? Well, the uh, the coronavirus has officially made it to Fukuoka, so... Ding, ding, ding! We did it! Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, no, uh, first, thought... first official case announced yesterday. I'm sure there's going to be more popping up. And I'm freaking out because I'm supposed to go to the U.S. next week. Um, Judy oh, and the girls nice. went last... They, they left last Wednesday. And I was actually, like, concerned about whether or not they were going to get hassled at border control because they're oh, they doing border Chinese. control in Texas. And yeah... Yeah, like there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of understanding that Japan is not China, and so did uh, they get probed at the border? They made it through. I'm sure they got like temperature scanned, but um, but she said she did get like you know you can get a nice person or you can get a, a jerk. I think she got a yeah. jerk, and they were like, oh, really? "Are you are you sure you're planning on going back to to Japan after you come in?" And also like, "Are you sure you're not from China?" And- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how would she? How would she possibly able to prove? Uh, well, I mean, you'd think the passport would help, but no. <laughs> uh. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be funny if at that moment the penny dropped? She was like, "Oh, I've got somewhere to be. Oh, I've got, <laughs> I've got a family waiting for me in China. I'm so sorry." Yeah. Um, I no, you're right. I was just confused. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for double checking. 
<laughs> just holding up the Japanese passport. What this and, thing? And while I'm remembering trash. stuff, by the way, I've got coronavirus. And these are my children. But no, now I'm now I'm worried that like it's gonna catch on more in Fukuoka, and we might get like Japan might get travel flagged before I get to follow them. So I don't know how it's gonna go. But I've been talking about it with people in Japan, and like everyone's like, well, I mean, aren't like lots of people dying from influenza in America this year? And I, I was like, are they? And I looked it up, and they are. Oh, like cool. This, <laughs> this year's ding, flu ding. season. We did it. They're, uh, they're at 14,000 deaths from influenza and counting. And, like, a lot of children and a lot of elderly people. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that basically what the deaths in Wuhan have been? Yeah, no, so that's – that. you remember I talked about this when we first started talking about coronavirus. Yeah. So it was like, the fatality rate from this is basically the same as influenza. And influenza, I guess it's like worse if you don't get vaccinated, apparently. Right. Yeah. So that's the other aspect is like, it's been embarrassing talking to Japanese people on so many levels because they're like, don't you have like a lot of people dying from influenza in America right now? And I'm like, yeah, that's embarrassing. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, some people don't get vaccinated these days. And they're like, oh, right, because it's so expensive. And I'm like, yes. And <laughs> like it's just embarrassing on all levels. Well, at least, uh, at least in Japan, this this virus has, has created a new way for people to to be uh, subtly antisocial and subtly rude. I heard that in Fukuoka, one of the tr a train was delayed because someone used the emergency stop button. Did you hear about this? Yeah. So apparently, there was a huge fight because somebody was coughing and not not conducting proper coughing etiquette. Like, was not wearing a mask, did not cover their mouth, and somebody else started a fight with them and they started kind of like having this very heated argument that culminated in somebody pulling the emergency brake. Right. Yeah. And, and, and how, I wonder how that got resolved. I mean, hopefully not some kind of physical, I mean, I, I, I doubt, I doubt further it. Further spreading the virus. Yeah. Further spreading the virus through physical contact. And also like somebody is coughing on this train. Let me stop this train <laughs> <laughs> in a way that we will not be able to exit for an indeterminate amount of time. And um, what about masks and things? Has there been panic buying? Cause my friends in Hong Kong have said, you now can't buy toilet paper only because oh, yeah. people have been panic buying. Yeah, everybody's buying up all the masks. Uh, I think a lot of the drugstores are kind of like sold out. I saw our friend Michaela was able to uh, buy some at a convenience store. So they're coming in, but but they fly off the shelves as soon as they do. And just what what's it like not having as many tourists from Asia? Because so much of the population of, of, well, certainly downtown Tenjin yeah. is, is tourists, right? And I'm guessing there aren't as many? I haven't noticed. I mean, honestly... Uh, I've been I've been on shoot in other places around Fukuoka Prefecture for like three or four days. Um, I'm I've got to like shoot the things that I need for work before I take my break for America. So I've been traveling around a lot, and I haven't been in downtown Fukuoka that much. But I think a lot of people, just in general, are are trying to to not go out that much. Uh, the train I had to take the train home the other day. It was still packed, and like I put my mask on before. And anytime public transportation, I'm trying to use more masks. It's funny also because Yuri and the girls going back to America. They flew from Fukuoka to Narita, and masked the whole way. And then boarding the plane in Narita, they had their masks on. And then like getting off in the states, they were like, "Let's hide our masks so no one's suspicious of us." <laughs> yeah, right. This <laughs> has the opposite but effect there. But I guess there is a bit of a balancing act with a mask, right? Because some, some masks aren't supposed to be effective anyway. They're only effective to not let the virus get out if you've got it. Um, and there's a certain inconvenience. I mean, how do you yourself balance the kind of personal safety of wearing a mask 
versus the downsides of covering your face so you're less likely to get recognized. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it, you have to choose. You really do. Have you ever had the experience of like you're overseas and you see a Japanese person or you see somebody speaking, you're outside of Japan and you see somebody speaking Japanese and inside your own minds you're like, "Oh, I have a connection to this person because I live there and I speak the language." And you like yeah. try to make eye contact or like <laughs> like act like like you you have a sense that you know each other, but the person on the yeah, other yeah, end yeah. has no idea why. <laughs> exactly and you have that feeling of well if only they knew yeah if yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how it is when i'm wearing a mask <laughs> like okay. I'm, still, I'm still on the train like making eye contact like you probably still know it's me right <laughs> uh, this um, this reminds me i had exactly that when i was i was in a, a very small uh french town while we were I was going skiing, which I think I mentioned on the podcast because this was the skiing trip that was recommended by my physiotherapist to get well. Um, and I ended up coming back. <laughs> coming it sounds back like a broken horrible rib. physiotherapist. You've been having yeah, some spine uh, trouble, right? How about, how about you go downhill skiing? Well, that's what I did. And exactly this happened that this, uh, this Japanese kid, he must've been maybe four or five years old was shouting, calling his mum, And, kind of her mum was kind of stood by me so Kate so came over and I kind of struck up conversation because there was there was no foreigners on this resort everyone was French right it was like rare to see even other English people on the resort I think I, I met one American family and then this Japanese couple out of nowhere so I asked them I said do you live here because that, that really could be the only explanation as to why they were there it wasn't that much of a tourist resort and she said oh no but my, my husband's posted in Switzerland uh, he works for a Japanese company there uh, and she responded to me in Japanese. And then her husband came along and uh, her husband worked for Sony in the intellectual property and trademarks department, which listeners of the show know that I don't speak much Japanese. But let me tell you, my <laughs> intellectual, pro intellectual property and trademark vocab is shit hot. So rather than, doing, rather than doing what I should have done, which is not mention that I speak Japanese and just have the like have a general conversation in English. Instead, what I decided to do was not mention that I know anything about trade. Uh, trademark, nor have studied trademarks, trademark laws, and made it seem like I, a random foreigner, was uh, on the drop of a hat, able to have a an in depth conversation about his work in uh, international trademarks. <laughs> uh, and, and he was just so in, he was just so taken back uh, by like <laughs> all of this really technical stuff. And also, I know a lot about Sony because I actually turned down an intern. This is about five years ago now. But yeah. I turned down an internship with Tone with Sony. And so I even know like where all the different uh, offices are that deal with this kind of thing. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. You chose this office rather than this one. And at no point did he go, how do you know this? He just thought, well, <laughs> this is foreigners abroad. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're safe. I hope that you don't get stranded in America. I hope you, you can come, come back to Japan. I doubt that'll be a problem because, I mean, uh, America has no problem um, getting rid of people that they don't want there. They don't they don't care where you go once you're gone. Good. Yep. What's in the news this week? Let's do the news. No, we got mail. We got mail. Yeah, oh, we got mail. We didn't get, we didn't get, we didn't have, I thought we didn't have mail. Now we got mail. We got mail. Uh, let's Let me look guess. At our, did, let's look at our messages. Did, did Brian have a complaint? Brian in Fukuoka, uh, in parentheses, your only listener, apparently has written, hats off to you for finally having a female voice on the pod and extra kudos to Ali for actually allowing her to speak. So bummed that you guys are changing from Japan by River Cruise to Korea by River Cruise. Hey, I guess you have to change with the times. And as you, as you correctly conveyed, Japan is dead. 
Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I mean, let's let's look at a message from another listener. Fuck you, Brian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this message is from a Brian named Marta. Marta writes, "Hello, Ollie and Bobby. I'm very pleased that the podcast is back. Will you have more guests for Ollie to interrupt in the future?" It was nice to have an extra perspective, Martha XX. So yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to just uh, reference. Thanks, the fact Martha. That I think I know who this is. Both of these messages uh, are in reference to you bullying and uh, kind of like interrupting yeah. and jumping in uh, our guest last week, Sophie. And to yeah. be fair to you, it was a bit. And to be fair to everyone else, it was not a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> And what, what's astonishing is I end up editing this podcast and I could have edited all that out, but I opted not to. Uh, yeah. It's, and, yeah. At, at, at least at least this can't be put down to uh, me being a bully in the spur of the moment. At least this is considered. Mm. <laughs> well, I think I think uh, this is something that you can work on in the future. Uh, you let other people talk. Shut up, Bobby. Let's do the news. It's a big old week in the news, but the story that's most important mm -hmm. is curry restaurants may have the legal right to stop you from ordering too much food if you don't plan to eat it. Okay, break this down for us. A university student called Kenta went to uh, a curry rice restaurant and ordered the large rice. And it's pretty common in Japan. If you want to order a large, like you can basically normally get large rice for free, right? A lot of places will, will uh, give you omori for free. Some will charge extra, but yeah. Yeah, he, he asked for, for large rice, didn't finish his rice. Uh, and then the owner said, well, if you're not going to finish it, uh, I don't want customers like you coming here and then banned him from the restaurant. Uh, and so this now created a like a legal debate, right? Is, right. is, is this restaurant owner allowed to ban someone just because they don't eat foods uh, which they've ordered? Plus, um, it hmm. kind of creates a moral question too right whether he eats the rice or not it's costs them the same uh, but is he allowed to to, uh, to, uh, to say to a particular customer you're not welcome back because i don't like your attitude well i think in the u.s like you have restaurants have the right to refuse service to anyone for pretty much any reason right yeah and that's also true in the in japan as well right that yeah. As, as long as you're not doing, doing so in a discriminatory basis, you're allowed to. I mean, it's, it's a private establishment, right? So yeah, uh, if, if a customer know, has been there in the past want. and they've caused a problem or or something like that, then the next time they come, you you should have the legal right to say no, you're not allowed in, right? Sure, but um, and in Japan under the civil code, there's the principle of good faith, which basically says if you enter into a contract with somebody and that contract has to be executed in a way that's essentially fair and essentially within the the scope of expectations of the parties. And so if the restaurant was to have an unusual policy, then it's the obligation is on the restaurant to let that customer know of that policy before they implement the policy. Otherwise, uh, they're in breach of, of the civil uh, the, the kind of civil codes doctrine of good faith. Okay, so the idea here is that this student did not know ahead of time that if he didn't finish the rice, he would be banned from this restaurant. Yes, that's, and, yeah, precisely and that. So there was no policy that he was aware of, and then all of a sudden, you know, from his point of view, he's paid for something that now belongs to him. He should be allowed to do with it what he wants, whether eat it or throw it away. Yes, but the, uh, the, the restaurant had a counter argument, which was to say, well, it's not just 
that we're serving the rice and losing money. Uh, it's the fact that we're offering that rice as kind of a gesture of goodwill to our customers. Uh, and he's he's abused that goodwill. Uh, additionally, it, there's a cost to us to dispose of the rice as well, that uh, like restaurants have to pay for commercial garbage, I guess. Um, and so uh, the, the, the lawyer that was kind of quoted in the article, which I found this from, said that if if the customer were to actually go through with this ban and then this, sorry, if the restaurant were to go through this ban and then the customer were to challenge this ban, um, it, it, it may be it, like, it may actually be possible to be upheld, but what a judge would, uh, would look into is, well, why is he offering this, this extra serving of large rice, right? Is he offering it as kind of a promotion to customers? That is to say, uh, as as like a, a way of attracting people in, or is he doing so with the actual expectation that customers are going to be finish this, finishing this rice because it's hungry, uh, and and a restaurant can't just have a promotional tool that they then use uh, arbitrarily against customers just because they don't like their attitude. Huh? You know, like in a textbook, you you learn to say the thing that you want, and then onegai shimas. So it's like if you're in a burger restaurant, you would say cheese a hamburger or <laughs> oh no, you wouldn't say oh wrong, I'm wrong. You just say cheese a hamburger or negaishimas. Or, say... or as most people would refer to a cheese hamburger, a, a cheeseburger. <laughs> okay, so I've got that one wrong as well. Right, let's reset. You would say cheese nubaga or hitotsu onegaishimas, right? You could and yeah. so that's like that's like this 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 kind of set expression. I guess I just got in a habit in Japan of that or that onegaishimas just became and the omori there was just like an extra bit of grammar that that seeped into my uh to my language irrespective of where i was or how hungry i actually was yeah, it was just your default go-to yeah omori i like the way that they name things because you you can get omori which means like the big portion yeah. then you get dekamori which means like um like dekai like huge enormous portion that's got to be restaurant specific though uh i've seen dekamori in, well maybe maybe it's the restaurant i frequent but well, i've I mean, seen dekamori quite a lot grammatically it makes sense but i mean i don't think most restaurants uh offer that and we can edit no, this, they bit, don't. this bit out if you want but i just want to like point out that you gave me a lot of shit for picking my nose on on uh webcam the other day yeah. and you've been doing this whole podcast with a toothpick picking your teeth every time i start talking yeah, I'm uh, thinking about. I want my, <laughs> um, I want my teeth to be clean for the listeners. I, I, I absolutely one of the one of the principal policies of Japan by River Cruise is we are fighting tooth decay. Uh, allow me to just take a sip of my carbonated beverage while you talk about. Uh, I the, think we uh, should just save this whole conversation and this whole part of the conversation for our our sixth podcast. Uh, tooth decay is one of the leading problems uh, globally today, and we'd like to do everything we can to eradicate uh tooth decay related problems dot com dot com <laughs> and don't be confused yeah, right. don't be confused because it is dot com dot com you gotta you gotta put <laughs> it's actually as it's the dot com is a subdomain yeah if you uh, only put one dot com you, you go to a, a weird weird tooth fetish porn it. site um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which we also run but anyway go, 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 going back to this story 
I have I have noticed uh, a difference between the way that restaurants are run in Japan and other places that owners seem to have a bit more dominion of the place. Right. Maybe this is an observation that you've had, too. But mm. often restaurants are smaller. It's far more common to have an independently owned or family run, run restaurant. Sometimes these restaurants are even kind of part of that person's house. Right. It's not uncommon for someone to live above or behind their restaurant. I particularly particularly where I used to live in a pretty old-fashioned part of Fukuoka in uh, Hakozaki, a lot of the restaurants were like one one room, which maybe held, yeah, yeah. I don't know, 15 people. Do you think that, that the rules are different when you go into a Japanese restaurant and it, it, it's not just like you're buying the food, but you kind of have to adopt the customs and rules of, of the owner? Uh, I think I think it depends a lot on the restaurant. Um, I, I don't want listeners who aren't that familiar to think that there aren't chain restaurants in Japan because there's tons of chains. But you are right yeah. that that I think it's a lot more common. I think there are a lot more restaurants just in general. Like the the amount of restaurants that are sustainable for the population numbers is always it always seems like astronomical to me. There are so yeah. many restaurants that that can stay in business maybe part of that is because like they run them out of a house or something like that but um but no i think there are two different kinds there tends to be the customer service oriented okakusama wa kamisama which means the customer is god you know it's the japanese version of the customer is always right um again when we're talking about like these independently owned and run restaurants it can either be okakusama wa kamisama uh, which they cater to everything that the customer wants, or it can be like ganko mono. Uh, ganko is like a, is what you you call like a very stubborn person. Um, yeah, and that's that that kind of like gruff taisho, the owner or the chef who who kind of is like the like the soup Nazi from Seinfeld. Like I'm going to serve it this way. This is how you're going to have it. You leave everything up to me. I think you can find both. Um, I think at chain restaurants, they do tend to be. They have great service until you need something that's not something that they're used to doing. And then they yeah. don't know how to operate outside of the rules. And I think that ties into this idea of of like ordering omori or even like gohan sukuname, shomori. So there's shomori, which is just a little bit. There's hutsumori, which is the usual portion. There's omori, which is large portion. And then you go to restaurants that serve dekamori. Um, I didn't know that shomori was a thing. You can you can say shomori or you can say gohan sukuname. I thought that was that was just one of those things like the like the female orgasm that only kind of exists in in mythology or stories. Uh, that's a whole other issue that you could probably delve into. I could send you some links. Uh, but but uh, there's this big movement right now in Japan about uh, stop shoku losu, stop food loss. Mm. Uh, and I think one of the things that a lot of uh, times Westerners are drawn to in Japan is the idea of the motainai spirit. Uh, yeah. The idea of not wasting things, and this in, is called sh- 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 shokuji no muda. I think they call it food waste. Shoku no muda or shokuji sh- shoku no muda kana. They I, recently they are calling it shoku loss, like loss, right? Food loss, right? Um, yeah. Which you know, one of the paradoxes that a lot of people notice in Japan is that they talk so much about the motainai spirit, and in the home, you know, people will tell you, you know, there's there's a god contained in every grain of rice or whatever, you know, like. These these old, we talked about this on a podcast, didn't we? I don't. Th- um, not this podcast. I think I think that was on our other <laughs> podcast, which is where is God? Have you found God yet? Is he in your bowl of rice? Could be. Don't forget to brush your teeth. 
<laughs> there's a lot of crossover. Totally, okay. There's a lot of crossover yeah. between our podcasts. It's hard to keep them straight. But uh, but so in, in the home, you're taught like don't even leave a single grain of rice in your bowl. But then at restaurants, it's so common for people to leave food and waste food, and especially at these big parties where you know you've got these giant platters and people will people will leave them out of manners even if they're still hungry. Yeah. And so there's so much I mean, food loss at these restaurants. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, as, as behavior that I've observed. I have seen <laughs> people do this. It makes it yeah. a lot easier for me to finish it. I think a lot of foreigners so, tend to be the people who finish the, the platters. Yeah, but it, it's it's so funny, isn't it? Because I mean, I, I've seen people in, you know, uh, ramen shops where for an extra 100 yen, you can get the kayadama, right? And the, yeah, the kayadama yeah. is the, the extra bowl of noodles the, in your the soup. refill on your noodles, yeah. I've seen a guy th go through eight kaidama, just absolutely, just one one after the other. Yeah. He was he he got to it to a to a kind of a rhythm where he was taking his bowl of kaidama, he's taking his bowl of extra noodles while handing over the voucher for the next one simultaneously. Yeah, right. And and it was it was it was basically like a system they got in place where he managed to eat essentially eight bowls of noodles within the space of 10, 15 minutes. He must he must do this quite regularly, and he wasn't even a hefty lass. You know, he was a fairly slender chap so you're saying that if they wanted to finish the food they could and they're absolutely yeah. I, I i i i mean I, without wanting to generalize but i will be uh <laughs> japanese people have incredible metabolism right like you've seen you've seen japanese customers at like all you can eat parties right yeah. where they, they bring out just plates and plates of of like fried uh spring rolls or fried gyoza and people just you know they're they're eating them as if they're peanuts while they're drinking their beer. I think Japanese people have a huge capacity to eat. It's just there are instances where, where like socially, it's not seen. Yeah, uh, it's it's not yeah not seen to be polite. But th this guy was the opposite problem. His eyes were bigger than his belly. Right, right. You're talking about the curry guy again, right? Yeah. Was there anything in the article that referenced the idea of like that the owner was mad because this was food waste? Uh, not that I could. Uh. I mean, the article was in Japanese, so good luck me. Uh, all he said was, I don't want customers like you to come here. And so I guess customers like you would mean people who, uh, yeah, people who waste food. I, I guess, it, I guess the, from the restaurateur's point of view, uh, he's just, it's just a discourtesy. But then again, yeah, there's I actually something think culturally this is... insulting about like ordering food and not, not finishing it. But I've, I've had this two or three times that I've had it in a shop, right? Where they've said, would you like, you know, you can, you can have the, the bigger portion for free. Right. But the, oh, what's it called? Kodawari, where you get the extra, uh, an extra bowl is like a hundred yen. I, I remember having this, this, I'm going to say debate, but it was an argument that I lost where the shop said, you can go large now for free. And I said, I'm not sure if I want that. But can I like can I get that later if I finish the the thing? And they said, "Oh no, we charge a hundred yen for the okawari." Okawari, that's it. Okawari, that's the word. Okawari, yeah, yeah. right? So okawari wa hyakuen itadakimasu. And I was like, "No, no, I don't want okawari. What I want is like that extra bit of the large portion later." Yeah. Can I defer my large portion? And they were like, "I think you're talking about an okawari, and I think that's going to cost you a hundred yen." Yeah. Uh, and and so the restaurants don't necessarily incentivize you to. Uh, you know, to work out if you want more food after you've finished eating. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of what I was talking about with a lot of the restaurants that have these rules that they don't know how to operate outside of. I have the opposite problem because um, I'm, I'm on a low carb diet. And so a lot of times I'll go in and I'll ask for Gohan Skuname, 
Or like sometimes the only thing that I can eat on the menu is like an oyakodon, but I don't want to eat the rice. So I'll ask for it without the rice. And the restaurant- What's an oyakodon? Oyakodon is the uh, egg and chicken dish. Like chicken- Oh, yeah. Chicken cooked in like dashi and soy sauce, and then they they put in a scrambled egg to kind of like link it all together, and then they put it on top of rice. And so I'll want like just the topping, and they'll be like, they'll be like, well, we we can't do that because we don't have an option for it. And I'm like, well, you could charge me the same thing, but if you give me the rice, I'm going to end up not eating it, and I don't want to do that. So just don't give me the rice. And sometimes they'll say like it'll throw off the balance of the flavor. Because they tend to make things very shoyu karai, like strong soy sauce flavors that if you eat them without the rice, they taste too strong. Um, yeah. They calculate, you know, the final ultimate balance. And so even if you ask for like, like I go out to eat with a lot of the crews that I work with and they laugh at me because I'll be like, can I get gohan sukuname? And they're like, yeah, like how much do you want? And I'm like, think of an amount that you think is like way too little and then give me less. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of times what they end up doing is they'll go, well, I'll just give you the normal amount and just eat what you want, which is the exact opposite of this curry place. It's like, I know I'm going to yeah. throw it out. And I think that is that that paradoxical, you know, they talk so much about multi-nai, but then there's so much food waste. There's so much like plastic waste. It Like yeah. the other day, uh, just in terms of waste in general, I, I'm trying not to use plastic at all or any kind of plastic bags. And so... I went into Eon to buy like a pack of bacon and the bacon is in a plastic bag. And then inside the plastic bag, it's plastic sealed inside again. So it's already double sealed in plastic. And what they do a lot of times when you buy raw meat is they put that in a little plastic bag and yeah. then put it in another plastic bag. And so- In case that meat leaks. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, it never really does. And then the bacon is also like sealed again inside. So it's not gonna. So I told them I don't need a plastic bag. They had already gotten out one and they were putting it in. And I said, I don't need that plastic bag. And then she threw it away. She took the bacon and put it into the mini plastic bag. I was like, no, I don't want that one either. And I gave it back to her. And she goes, oh, okay. And then she threw it away. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> why did I put it in the garbage? And I'm like, yeah. Some some plastic use is, is unavoidable. And I am sorry to cross promote, but just like my uh, brawn oral B. Uh, three thousand electric toothbrush. Uh, there's nothing like there's nothing like good dental hygiene after uh, a large portion of rice. Thanks for listening to Japan by River Cruise this week. We will be back next week with another episode just before Bobby makes his trip to the States. If you'd like to get in touch with us, then you can do by messaging japanbyrivercruise.com. Go to japanbyrivercruise.com, click on the button, and we reluctantly read all of your messages on air. Thanks for listening. See you next week.